Welcome to Life Happens, where Texans come to protect their legacy and prepare for the second half of life. Join your host, Attorney Kim Hegwood with Hegwood Law Group and our weekly guest as we navigate the challenges that emerge as life happens. Now here's your host, Kim Hegwood. Good morning and welcome to Life Happens with me, Kim Hegwood, and our very special guest today is Vilma Long with Team Health. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me here today. Hey, I'm super excited. Um, we're going to talk today about behavioral health and quality of life. And um, and so before we started the podcast, I was uh, I was telling Vilma, I said, you know, we're having a lot more clients that are having issues with behavioral health. And so... Um, you know, so why do doctors and, and nurse practitioners, you know, even recommend behavioral health? Well, what has happened is we have to remind ourselves that at one time, all of us are independent right now. We get to go to work, we get up, we go out and have fun with our families. We go to restaurants and movies. And then suddenly, for whatever reason, we have someone that maybe falls and gets hurt and then they start having issues, other health issues. And it is recommended that maybe they need to go into an independent or an assisted living facility as well as a nursing home. And so when they go in there, um, the doctors will see a decline in their behavior. They're sad. They have real bad depression. They're having to adjust to a new lifestyle that they are having to live with. And so it is difficult for them to um, get day by day, the norm for them is now living in a place where they're telling them when to get up, uh, when to take medicines, when to go to the doctor, when to take baths and all that. So a lot of times uh, they do need the intervention of a doctor or nurse practitioner and they need to assess them to make sure that there's something, if there's something that we can offer them to make their life a lot more comfortable, then they will do that at that time. I can see I'm going to go rogue when it's my time. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, you know, there's a lot of different types of doctors, you know, and depending on the type of doctor, it depends on what you need. So can you tell our listeners the difference between psychiatry and psychology? Absolutely. Our psychiatrists, when we send in a psychiatrist, um, the psychiatrist's main objective is to do their medication management. A lot of times uh, when you're in a facility, they will tell you, okay, you are depressed, so we need to prescribe this particular medication. Of course, your attending physicians can do that, but the psychiatrist is actually an expert in that. And then we also have psychiatric nurse practitioners. At Team Health, we have board-certified nurse practitioners. So they go in and they help the doctor manage the patient. So when they go in, they will always do an evaluation and they'll always make sure that the medication they're on matches the diagnosis that they have. Now, psychology is different. Psychology actually complements psychiatry. And the way that that helps is that when there's a patient that is depressed, of course, they may be taking some medication, but the way it stands in Texas is they want to always try and keep it to a very minimum as far as what kind of medications they're taking. So what they'll do is they'll um, tell the, the family or the patient that maybe they need a talk therapist. 
And then the talk therapist, the psychologist, or an LCSW will go in there, will visit with the resident, and they'll always talk to them. They'll visit with them and say, okay, what's bothering you today? And a lot of times that helps the resident have a better quality of life because also what happens in these facilities is their families may not go in there as often as you would like. They're working or they're doing something else. And so this kind of fills in the gap too for them. It makes them healthier mentally. And so it's a, some clients have a huge adjustment and some people don't have any adjustment issues at all. They just go right in and have fun and, and, um, and it makes it a little easier. So, you know, so when you're talking with families, what types of behaviors um, should they be looking for um, that might, you know, that might help their loved ones know, you know to get either medication or, you know, uh, therapy, you know, just to kind of help them adjust? Well, a lot of things can uh, activate the need to see a doctor, a psychiatrist, or even a psychologist. A lot of times the main things are uh, anxiety and depression. Again, they're getting accustomed to a new lifestyle, but sometimes they're crying all the time. They might not want to eat. They might be sundowning. Um, some of them have sexual aggression when they're in the facilities, and all of those types of behaviors can be treated either through medication or medication and talk therapy. As far as I'm concerned, our doctors always recommend both so that they could have the full um, treatment for whatever they're going through. But there's so many reasons why we can't see them. They may have mood adjustments. Uh, they're having a hard time. They become reclusive in the facility. Like you said earlier, a lot of times Many of the residents do well, but there's those that they do need some intervention by a psychiatrist or a talk therapist. So what about the residents that have memory issues? Because, you know, now you're now you're looking at a uh, it's someone that the family you know may not recognize anymore in the sense of because things have changed so much. So how do you help with behavioral with someone who doesn't remember things? Well, again, on the resident that has memory issues, they may be on certain medications that do require a psychiatrist or a psychiatric nurse practitioner to go in and check. Sometimes when, uh, say, for instance, they've been in the hospital and they go back into a facility, they might be on certain medications that's going to contribute to another fall or a fall. So we have to always make sure that we evaluate the resident some of them become so aggressive. Uh, they're fighting. The, they don't know what's happening to them. So, again, that needs the intervention of a psychiatric uh, uh, nurse practitioner or the doctor. So those are all things that we always have to look for. Uh, but most cases, they may not be able to talk back to us as a, a psychiatrist and nurse practitioner. So Sometimes the doctors, when they go in there, they may order blood work and they'll check and see what kind of medications they are on that will need to be titrated and maybe perhaps using something different. We have had clients that have had uh, family members that have become, um, you know, aggressive or just uh, angry, just so angry. And, um, and so, so I, I can appreciate the, you know, the combination that you are using that could really benefit, you know, really benefit clients. And so, 
So how do you monitor the progress, you know, when, for, for those to, to see, um, you know, how they're going and where they're going and, and to make sure that, um, you know, that they're actually getting better? Well, what we will do is whenever we start a facility, again, uh, we will talk to the facility itself. We will look at their medical records when we are given a referral from the facility itself. It could be a resident's family member that wants us to check on that patient too. So what we'll do is we will do a first-time evaluation. We'll check all their medications. We'll call the families and tell them, you know, your mom is on Seroquel and we need to do something about the medication that she's on. We think it's too strong. She could probably benefit from something else. So we will go in there and start doing what we call gradual dosage reduction. And we'll go there on a, well, we'll go in there the first time and then we'll let the medication take uh, its course. We'll look at it again in about three weeks and we'll always check the resident. We're always evaluating the resident, but for any assistant living resident or independent living resident, once we get them stabilized, we'll go see them about once a month. But for the first initial time that we get that resident as a referral, we'll probably be checking on them every other week or every week, depending on what is going on with their symptoms. So families can um, basically if they want extra help, they can call and hire you individually, right? Uh, actually, they need to let the facility know, and the facility will let us know to go in there and, and uh, go visit the resident. So okay. we, what we do in general, and I'd like to say that when we take over a facility, we've already met with the leadership of the facility. We do have contracts that we have with them because we're telling them, okay, you can count on us to do this. We're going to go in ever so often. And so they know that we're available for them. So when, again, a, a patient or a resident is in a facility, they always have a PCP or an attending physician uh, that is assigned to them. And so what we'll do is we will uh, be told they'll get us a phone call to our company and they'll say, we have a resident for you to see, or they know that we're going to go in there the next week and they'll let us know when we go in there. So they'll give us the referral. And then at that point, we'll check the resident. Now we are happy to talk to any of our residents, families or the resident to let them know updates on their loved one, but the referral has to come from the facility. Okay. Well, what about insurance? Is this part of what we pay, what a person pays the facility or does Medicare cover it or private insurance? How, how did, how does, uh, how does everybody get paid? <laughs> Good question. So on insurance, a lot of times if the resident is, is, is in assisted living, then um, assisted living, they usually will have some kind of insurance. The family member or the facility needs to check and see if they do cover behavioral health. I warn you that sometimes that doesn't happen. They don't have a, they'll have a clause in there that they'll cover everything else but behavioral health. So what we'll do is we verify insurance too once we get started with a resident, but a lot of times it's, it may end up being private pay. Now Medicare will pay for it, 
But again, you have to check your insurance policies because a lot of people have the um, insurance, like their managed care insurance plans. And uh, I know that we have and they have clauses and it just depends on what the family's paying for as far as the insurance goes. Wow. Okay. I mean, cause you would think that this would, you know, stabilizing people would, would make, make things a lot easier. So uh, most definitely. And so, um, so in, so really, okay. From what I hear is if someone's looking for a facility, they probably should make sure that someone like you, uh, is part of that program. Exactly. I mean, just like they have the attending physicians in there, you want to uh, check and see if they, they are, um, can give you benefit. Uh, pardon me. You want to make sure that they have behavioral health in the facility. And I mean, I'll go as far as to say that most times they do have, they offer that service but sometimes they don't. Uh, all of our nursing homes do have psychiatric nurse practitioners or psychiatry and psychology in the facilities. Assistant living, not so much. Not all of them have psychiatric and psychology in there, but a family can always request that. It is something that uh, we can go into and we can go and visit the resident on a weekly basis to go check and see how they're doing. But not all assistant livings uh, offer it. And if they don't offer it, just talk to the executive director or one of the nurses and see if they can bring in a company like ours. Perfect. And so, so if, if assisted living wants to, to find you, how do they find you? They can call our company and uh, phone numbers attached, but it's uh, 713-960-8008. They can call our company and request that someone go visit them like myself and we will talk to the facility and we'll get everything squared away on the backside and we'll be able to go in there and take care of the residents. Perfect. And that sounds great. And the website is uh, www.teamhealth.com? Yes, ma'am, it is. Yes. All right. And so, and they can also email you, correct? They can always email me and I always answer my emails. I'm happy to do that. All right. And that email is Vilma underscore long at teamhealth.com. So, yes. All right, Vilma, I appreciate it. It's good to see you, girl. And it's um, good so to see you too. Thank you so much for um, letting me share about behavioral health. It really is important. We're having some uh, residents that really could benefit from it. And quality of life is everything in these facilities. We want to make sure that they can still function as as much as possible that's our that's our main goal is to take care of our residents well i'm right there with you we talk to our clients all the time about quality of life we want to make sure that you're you know it's the best you can possibly you know do so i appreciate you bringing this information out because i didn't realize that not all facilities had what you're offering so that's good for for our listeners to know so you have a great rest of your day and thanks for coming on the show Thank you so much. I appreciate it, Kim. You take care. Thank you all. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Life Happens with Kim Hegwood. Be sure to tune in every Thursday at 10 a.m. wherever you listen to your podcast as we navigate through the challenges that emerge as life happens. The content of this podcast does not establish an attorney-client relationship or constitute attorney-client privilege, legal, medical, financial, or any other professional advice.